You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 1159. So if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to charge, rhino charge. I want to make it happen. So if I tell someone, hey, I'm going to sell your house, I'm going to sell your house. Like yep. in, in some situations, I'll tell people like, look, the best route, and I'll kind of explain the wholesaling route. I'm like, look, I could help you in this situation. A lot of times the agents don't want to mess with these type of properties, right? So that's when we come in. I said, my service that I offer is to help out distressed homeowners with properties that need lots of maintenance. And I said, that's part of my service to get you out of it. So you don't want to have to deal with repairs. You don't have to worry about taxes. You don't have to worry about, you know, leaking faucets. And people like it. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. No one knows your true financial potential. So it makes no sense to place limits on it, right? That just comes from self-doubt. That just comes from uh, maybe not having the right model to follow. And I'm just telling you from experience, if you have the right model and the right community, that is step number one to getting to your first deal. And on this podcast, I've got an incredible wholesaler out of Lafayette, Louisiana, that works shift work, three days on, a couple days off, four days on, a few days off. Like, There's a lot of people listening and watching this that have either experienced shift work themselves or are currently going through shift work. And we're going to pick it apart and see how he's able to do. He's done 10 deals now. And uh, he really was introduced to the world of real estate investing a couple of years ago by being really smart when he's driving out to the factory that he works at in Louisiana, that he was listening and putting really, really good information and instruction into his brain in the form of the Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the Cashflow Quadrant book, and the, of course, the um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad book. But he decided, you know what? Nobody is going to tell me what my financial potential is. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to see what my financial potential is. I'm going to go out there and take massive action. And it is my pleasure to introduce Nick Petrie to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. Nick, how's it Good, going? Man. How's, Welcome. how's it going, Brent? Thank you for having me on the show. It's always been my uh, hopes and dreams to be on the show. I would listen to it every morning and I'd always tell myself, one day I'm going to get there. Well, here you are. And listen, you posted in December three checks that you closed in two weeks, which was phenomenal. And we'll get into all of that because you've got a couple of different strategies that you implement right, right. to do deals that aren't even in, in your market or properties that you haven't even seen. So we'll definitely get into right, that. Right. But how do you balance this, Nick? How do you balance between shift work and keeping your goals and your dreams and really staying focused on the model of building your business? How do you balance these things? It's, um, it is uh, something to balance, uh, but I love it. I'm obsessed with it as far as having a good mindset on the future. And 
you know, just sticking to the plan, like you said, being consistent, being proactive, taking action. A little bit every day helps out, you know. Even if I'm going to work, well, I can still drive for dollars. I can still make phone calls. And I remember one time you said, you know, like this one guy was busy. He might have been like a truck driver. He said, man, how did, you know, how do we do? He said, man, you told him, just make five calls a day. Just take some action. And that's all it takes. It just takes one phone call sometimes. But how I personally do it, so I work shift work. It's either three days a week or four days a week. And on my time off, I do my real estate business, my wholesaling business. And I try to plan for it, set my appointments, and go on appointments from there. I enjoy cold calling. I love talking to people. I tried texting. Yep, I tried texting before, man. It just wasn't for me. I couldn't get the same response and... I found more people were frustrated with texting than on the phone. If I could get some on the phone, most of the time people are pleasant to talk to. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yep. So I do some cold calling and I have a VA that works for me. So she runs my dialer for me also while I'm at work. So that helps. But in turn, the bottom line is, you know, cold calling. Your VA, what does your VA do on a daily basis? So what she does... And if anybody's unfamiliar with that term, a, a VA is a virtual assistant. Just if, if anybody just didn't know what that is, but what, what do they do on a, on a daily basis? There, Okay, day? so what she does, she works for me full-time. I use call tools for a while. I'm in the process of swapping over to Mojo. She hops on my dialer. She clocks on. She texts me. Hey, I'm starting my shift. She works eight hours a day for me. So she'll grind and call, and she'll send me leads throughout the day. And sometimes when, you know, I get my breaks, I like to lead. I'll turn around and call them, call them up. You know, sometimes it's three or four. I'll give them a ring and I'll book my appointments. And I mean, sometimes I will book appointments on my way back from work, which is 12 hours. And I'll still go on an appointment. I'll show up in uniform and everything, you know, and just, just ready to uh, look at some real estate. But yeah, that's, that's kind of my strategy. It's pretty simple. I don't have a whole bunch of different strategies. I'll send some direct mail. I don't do any like Facebook marketing, strictly cold calling. And a big factor that we like to use is deal machine, driving for dollars. There's nothing like just going down a neighborhood, man, and just picking up properties that you see, tall grass, boarded up windows, and I'll just just lock them on. Um, Recently, Brittany and I, like I was telling you, we had an investor meetup with Pace Morby. And I got to network with other guys. And, you know, I got to tell them, say, hey, look, I'm in TTP program. I'm in Brent Daly's program, too. So I had a, you know, like a, a celebrity with And I was telling other investors, hey, well, I'm, a, I'm in a program, too, right? So, but I was telling them about the deal machine. And it just blew their mind. They're like, wow, man, you could you could do that? You could click on a problem? Yeah, yeah, you know. So that was pretty cool. You know, and it's, it feels good, man, to help people learn also, you know. So like a motto that you've been pushing and I was really impressed about recent one of your recent podcasts you've done, recommending the books, The Go-Giver. And I think another one's like a spiritual uh, book as far as that could open up doors in your life. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Nick, so what is the plan here? What is the plan to not have to work shifts? When do you know when it's the right time to go full-time? Man, my plan, my personal plan is I'm going to keep grinding wholesaling. I want to build up my bank account. I'm personally going to buy rentals. I may take on some rentals because 
way back when I do have a background with some construction and project management as far as handling on, on you know, houses being uh, remodeled. It's to build a uh, portfolio, man. Keep on going. I look at the ugly houses. I love them because I could turn around if I buy one. I could basically remodel it. I could put new plumbing. I could put new electrical, new roof. So once you have some of the core things in a house updated, the property value just goes up a lot. You know, it's a big difference. So we're able to create equity by doing this, by finding deals at a discount, sourcing deals. So that's my big goal. And maybe one day I can break free, man. You know, I I think I could do it. I'm just going to keep working at it. Yeah, I I know that you can do it. And I would challenge you this. I would make sure, you know, just going through the five stages, the model that we followed, number one is, you know, obviously get a community of people doing this, which we've mentioned. Mm -hmm. And so that's absolutely critical. Number two is doing your first deal. Number three, building that consistency. And that's when you fire your boss and you can do it full time. Number four is build a seven figure business that runs mostly by other people. And then, and then Nick, this is where I challenge you. Then you buy the rentals, then you get into the properties, then you cherry pick the absolute best deals because what I see time and time and time again is people want to jump into the rental portfolio model, which is a different model than building a seven-figure wholesaling business model. And then all of a sudden you're all over the place. You're distracted, yeah. right? right? And then and then all of a sudden your your cash machine isn't fully formed. It's not fully developed. You don't have yourself replaced in that first. And then then you have to keep sliding back a little bit into, oh, okay, well, I got to do most of the work myself. And I see this all the time, especially when the market shifted, right. when people, you know, had other people doing the calls for them and going on the appointments and selling their deals, all of a sudden people slid back over the last six, eight months because they didn't, they, they were too distracted with other things and they didn't have their systems in right. place. So a challenge you one, let's replace your income as soon as possible. You're already on your way there. You're doing a great job. You're starting to do bigger deals because that is one of the challenges and one of the bottlenecks in your business is the price of properties in your area it doesn't lend itself to the big, huge, um, um, the huge deals, the huge, you know, income, uh, <laughs> huge income, the huge amount of income that you can make per right. deal, but you can replace your income first, go full time. And I'm telling you, Nick, once you go full time, I think that people will follow you. I think that you can be a real leader in your market and find really good talent to come in and run your business and then buy the absolute best properties because you're already finding right. them. What do you think? Exactly. I agree with you, Brent. And yeah, I, I could see that being sidetracked too, you know. It's kind of like, you know, the last prop I had worked on, it sidetracked me at times and I'm like, dang, man, I got to work on my wholesale mill. So yeah, I could definitely see that, you know. But yeah, that's the plan, man. I I just want to keep on expanding wholesaling. I'm, I might expand into other markets that's close by to where we just connect, you know. Not to go out of state, just to master the state I'm in. And building deep connections, that goes a long ways because... I could, you know, like some of my properties does require a lot of work. So I have certain cash buyers that I could call on and I can count on them to pretty much buy them. Other won't bat an eye at it, man. They say, man, that's some rough properties. But hey, I'm finding them. I'm locking them up. People got to bring them back to life, right? There's a shortage of rentals out there. You know, it's just, it's networking, man. And um, just trying to, trying to grow. 
I love it. Tell me about how you're able to help other wholesalers in your area and JV joint venture with them to get the deal done. Do they just not have buyers? Do they just not know how to sell these deals? You've been doing some great work with joint ventures that you didn't even source the original deal, but you helped other people get the deal across the finish line. So talk to us about that. That's a great question, Brent. So when I started out, I did acquisitions. I I just stayed hunting and I squatted up with a local wholesaler, man, and he did dispositions because he'd been doing a while. He had a big buyer's list, and I would send him my deals, and he would he would split with me fairly, you know, 50-50. And then after a while, I was like, I got to build up my cash buyer's list, you know? I got to really do it. And actually joining your program, I remember talking to Alejandra, and she's like, hey, Nick, you're going to build up your cash buyer's list. I said, you got it. I'm on it. So I went literally like from, I don't know, it might have been like 50. Now I'm at 180-something cash buyers on the list. So that's pretty huge. Another thing, too, is, of course, the relationships. You know, like I was saying earlier, if you got good relationships with them, they're going to go look at properties. You know, they're going to go check them out. But going back to the question, so I jamie with other wholesales because they're kind of like starting off like I did, right? They don't have a cash buyers list. So what I did this time going in a little harder is – Building a bigger dispositions. So I focused on my weakness, which was getting more cash buyers. And then from there, I'm able to help other wholesalers as well. I have another, I met another partner of mine. He just does acquisitions like digital marketing. And then he sends me all his leads to do dispositions. So we have a, a partnership to where, you know, I take care of dispositions that way. So I've got leads coming in from another person. And then just other people that may want to work with me, you know, I encourage them and we'll kind of go from there. How did you find them? So if somebody's out there and they're like, you know what? I know a lot of cash buyers. I'd love to help people sell their deals as well. Mm-hmm. What approach would they take? Do, was it just happenstance? You just you ran into them? It was just random and, and somebody needed your help? Or was it something that you go and you're proactive about to try to build those relationships? So, uh, yeah. So what I was doing at the beginning, I was posting a lot on Facebook Marketplace, like as far as some of my deals, like investor groups. So that's how I met other wholesalers and other investors and started networking. And that's how I met some of the people that needed help disposition. Um, because at one time I needed help disposition and I had other people kind of reaching out to me to help sell some deals. But, and then I was like, well, you know what? I need a, I need to basically, you know, and that's what I said, I need to work on as far as building up my buyer's list to where I could help out others. Like I had others help me once. So it's just a, you know, and, and recently, Brent, I was looking in the marketplace the other day, Facebook Marketplace, and I saw old fixer-up houses someone posted, and I looked, and it was actually a new person getting started. And I, I called her and said, hey, what's your phone number? I said, I'd like to talk to you about your property you're selling. And, uh, you know, she laid it all out, you know, and I said, well, cool. I said, look, I'm here if you need some help. I said, uh, we could do coffee one day. You could call me. I said, you need help to JV on something? Just let me know. So... It's just trying to give a little back to, you know, you just got to be a go-giver sometime. I find that more doors will open up for you in life uh, instead of expecting something up front is how can I provide service for someone? How can I help this person? I love it. I love that you're going around and looking at Facebook Marketplace and reaching out to those other wholesalers or investors and and, and just checking, right? 
how's it going? Did you get this sold? Is it going fast? Are you having any issues? Do you need anything, any help selling this deal? I'm not going to be the buyer, but I might know the buyer for these properties. I think it's really, really, really smart, especially if it's in smaller markets where not a lot of eyeballs really go to Facebook marketplace for real estate. It's kind of known in the bigger markets, I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe somebody can tell me if it's different in some of the major markets, but I know at least in Phoenix here, if it's on uh, Facebook Marketplace, they get bombarded with uh, with people reaching out to them. But if, if you're in a smaller sized market and, and you see these properties popping up time and time again, that's the people to go be friends that's with. Cool. That's the people to go build a connection that's with, cool. especially if you've got proven buyers that you can help to coordinate and, and, and match them up with those good deals. So that's absolutely phenomenal. Well, the time has come, Nick, to break down a deal. I'm going to put you in the hot seat. I want to know every little detail about how you found the deal. What was the situation with the property owner? What'd you lock it up for and what'd you sell it for so that we know how much you made? So I'll leave it to you. Go ahead. Okay. So I'll, I'll go with the deal deep dive. What I was talking about earlier. So basically cold calling leads just in random areas in in a little area called New Iberia and Seller answered the phone. You know, we got to talking to him and everything. I booked an appointment, looked at the house. It was distressed, you know, needed a new roof, needed some outside uh, repairs. Put it on the contract for 40000 And I said, okay, well, that seems fair. You know, it should be worth it or be at least, you know, I'm thinking 80, 90. Where did you get this list? Um, So I pulled it from Batch Leads. Batch yeah. Leads. And what was the criteria that you pulled? So it was... Uh, it was actually, it wasn't the absentee owner, but I want to say um, it might have been like high equity, high equity, to where the house was paid off. So, a house is owned free and clear. Right. I, I assume that they had owned it for at least seven years, maybe okay, 10. Exactly. Probably about 20 plus. And it was an older property? Right. Older property. Went from there, pulled a list, cold called, spoke to the gentleman, very nice, booked an appointment. Ended up locking it up for 40000 I got a buyer to go look at it, and basically he told me I locked it up too high. Why did they want to sell the property? What was the motivation for them to sell the property? He was he was distressed. His house needed a lot of repairs. Roof needed to be replaced. There was a leak underneath the sink, you know, like leaking faucets, damaged wood, just multiple issues, man, just, just delayed ish, uh, maintenance on it to where it just needed a lot of love. You know, after talking to him and basically, you know, assessing the property, I gave him an offer of 40000 and he accepted, put it in the contract, uh, old school way, we did it on paper, no DocuSign, and, uh, and it, you know, kind of went, went from there. I started putting it out to my buyers, and I had a couple of people look at it, and I remember one gentleman told me in particular, he said, man, house is going to need too much work, man, you need to have it like 25000 So. Uh, I made a mistake, locked it up too high. You know, I've done that a few times. And so I went back to the seller and I was like, look, I said, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. I said, I got it for too much. I said, we need to be around 25, to be honest. And he said, that's too low. I'm not going that low. I want to cancel the contract, you know, with all due respect. So we canceled the contract. Next day, he slept on it. He said, hey, um, Nick, I, I really like you. You're a good guy. I want to sell the house for $25,000. I said, okay. Went back, signed the paperwork at the uh, dining room table. 
got in a contract and I said, look, I'm, I'm going to buy it myself this time, you know? And I bought it and it was going to be a prop that I was going to hold for a rental. And I ended up fixing it. It came out nice. And I said, well, I might just sell it, you know, because I seen the money, you know, I seen the, seen the, the money. So basically bring the number breakdown, locked it up for 25. I got around 60,000 in it. I sold it on the MLS for $107,000. So basically my check was around, I think it was like around, what is that, like $38,000. $38,000 from one call. One call. Absolutely incredible. I mean, you had, to, you had to put a bunch of effort I into did. it, which I don't necessarily like, right, but right. Uh, but what a deal. I mean, what an incredible deal. You were able to take it down and you saw the potential. And uh, what was the net? 38000 Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. What made him change his mind? I mean, he didn't, he canceled it, called you up the next day and said, you know what? Whatever. 25 it's grand. Building a good rapport, Brent. Building a good rapport. If you could get us, get someone to like you, to trust you, want to do business with you, that's all it takes. And that's what he told me. He said, honestly, I don't want to sell my house to no one else. I want to sell it to you. He said, I hope you can make some money on it, do whatever you want. He said, you're my guy for the house. So just, just building good rapport. Give us some advice. How do you build good rapport? So, I mean, basically you want people to uh, like and trust you. You want to show them that you're real. And something that I try to back up is say what I'm going to do, right? So if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to charge, rhino charge. I want to make it happen. So if I tell someone, hey, I'm going to sell your house, going to sell your house. Like yep. in, in some situations, I'll tell people like, look, the best route, and I'll kind of explain the wholesaling route. I'm like, look, I could help you in this situation. A lot of times the agents don't want to mess with these type of properties, right? So that's when we come in. I said, my service that I offer is to help out distressed homeowners with properties that need lots of maintenance. And I said, that's part of my service to get you out of it. So you don't want to have to deal with repairs. You don't have to worry about taxes. You don't have to worry about, you know, leaking faucets. And people like it. You know, so yep. you just got to kind of like know when to offer that strategy and people run with it. They're like, OK, find me a buyer. Let's do it. I want to I get rid of this property. So, you know, you're just kind of feeling people out on how they feel about things and, and pain points. You know, you can notice pain points with people. And leading, leading with your heart, leading, with your heart. leading of being of service. That's right. You know what I mean? Like if you go out there with a servant's heart to help out people in their situations, they will feel it. But if you're just throwing in offers and you're not really wanting to communicate and you're not really telling them what to expect next and you're trying to sugarcoat when something isn't going to work out, which 40K wasn't going to work out at the time. Right. And he had to be at 25, you were honest with him. And people really respect that. And if you don't try to, you know, if you don't try to make excuses for it, you just let them know that you wish you could have done it, but I made a mistake. People will really respond positively to that. And that's that's what I think is your superpower, brother. Your superpower is you're really you get a you got a huge heart. You really want to help out. Yes, you want to get great deals, but more importantly, you want to help out people that that maybe can't help out themselves and maybe they don't know where to turn and you're there to provide incredible value. And that's what we do as real estate wholesalers. 
we actively seek out people that are in distressed situations so that we can help them move on from their life and get this stress off of their off of their shoulders and and match them up with people that want to put an investment into these communities whether it be ourselves exactly. Or be uh, our cash buyers, and now the neighborhood's better off for it. That seller's better off for it, and our cash buyers are better off for it. It's a wonderful business. Right. It's absolutely rewarding. So, like that same, so give some advice. Same seller, right from this property we're talking about. He called me yesterday. He calls me every once in a while to visit over the phone. He said, "Nick, by the way, I have a person that wants to sell a house." I said, "Great." I said, "Tell me about it." I said, "Tell me about it." And he started telling about it. I said, it sounds like you'll need a little bit of work. He said, yeah, Nick, it's going to need some work. I said, I would love to see it. And I actually went on an appointment today, assessed it and everything. Yep, it's going to need some love. I threw out a number. You know, I threw out 10000 It's It's a little low, but, you know, I'm open to working with people, you know. Like, you know, I just won't leave it there. I'm going to follow up or they're going to call me back and I may offer a little bit better, you know, if I could see, you know, if I can make the numbers work out. So it's just awesome. So that was cool, man. You know, I got basically a referral from a guy that I helped out, sold the house. And uh, he's like, man, yeah, if I know other people want to sell, I'm sending me away. I'm like, that's great. You know? And I mean, I mean, heck, Brent, if I could close on this property, I'm going to go see the gentleman and give him like a cash offer of like, you know, maybe 500 bucks cash as a referral. You know, um, I offer people, if you send me a deal that I close on either wholesale or by myself, well, I'll give you cash money, $500, you know? So just little incentives, man, to go a long way, you know, instead of people seeing you want to just take or whatever, just expect something in return. Give some advice to people starting out. Starting out, what I recommend, uh, Deal Machine app, use the TTP code. You're going to save a clean 10 bucks on it. I got started yep. with my cell phone, man, just grinding, just just picking up this cell phone here, man, and just going with it. And, you know, skip tracing what I love about the Deal Machine app. You could just skip trace on, it's not the best data, but dang, when I'm, when I'm busy, sometimes I'll just skip trace. It is the right number sometimes. So it does work, you know, but um, just, you know, deal machine. And the great thing about it, Brent has a really good video about virtually driving with deal machine. I actually yep. trained a few people on how to do that. That's huge. You could literally just take an area code or city and just tell them certain areas to go in. And you just hovering through the streets, just locking on properties with the deal machine app. So I would recommend that 100% anyone starting out. Love it. How can people get a hold of you? How can they reach out? Maybe they're in your market. Maybe they just, you know, they just feel good in their uh, in their heart about you and they want to reach out and say congratulations and send some good karma your way. What's the best way to do so it? I'm on uh, Facebook. They can hit me up on Facebook. Also, uh, my email. They can send me a personal email. It's rather long. It's investinrealestate12 at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm open to helping anyone out there that needs help and you know, to get started. Awesome. Nick Petrie, thank you so much for being on the podcast, being such an incredible rhino in the rhino tribe, helping out everybody. Really appreciate it. You're incredible. And I want you out of that shift work in the next 60 days. All right. All right. I will travel back. Brandon. Next 60 days. Yes, sir.
I'm going to push you All to right. it. Absolutely. Awesome. So guys, incredible. A couple of tools that he talked about, Deal Machine, go to dealmachine.com. Use the coupon code TTP as in talk to people. Uh, they give you the biggest discount available, just like Nick mentioned. Also batchleads.io. Make sure you check that out, batchleads.io forward slash TTP. And uh, th- those are two incredible resources. And if you're interested in joining the most proactive community in real estate, state investing, whether you're trying to get your first deal or grow to a business that runs mostly without you, I encourage you to go to wholesalinginc.com. Check out what it's all about. Check out what the Rhino Tribe is and who is in there. It is absolutely filled with the most incredible wholesalers from around the country. Wholesalinginc.com. Check it out. If it feels good in your gut, sign up for a call. And that's it. As always, I'm going to sign off from this podcast, encouraging you to go out there and talk to people. Till next time. Love you guys. See ya. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.